Thank you for tuning into the You Own the Experience podcast. In this week's episode, we sit down with industry veteran Erica Heisen of Workin. We're going to talk about Erica's journey from being a senior technical recruiter and the number nine employee at a team group to working her way all the way up to the chief operating officer. With a stop is the vice president of People on the Way, which is a position near and dear to this podcast's heart as it talks to the people experience. And again, that doesn't mean just your clients and customers, candidates. It's also focused on your internal employees. We talk about how Erica implemented technology and some of the tools, as well as the consultants that she used to help in that endeavor, because we know that is definitely uh, something that everyone could use a little help with. And then finally, we talk about Erica's transition over to selling software to the staffing industry with a stop at Text Us First as the chief operating officer. And we love those guys at Text Us as now being the president of Workin, which is a mobile platform that creates real-time engagement for your candidates and clients. So it's a great episode. Really excited to share it with everybody. In addition, we have a special announcement. We're actually going to be adding a segment to each episode where we ask Mrs. Lauren Jones of Leap Consulting Solution a technical question or maybe a software question that you guys have. So remember to engage with us on Twitter or LinkedIn, wherever you see Lauren and I, and ask us questions. And then we'll pick out the best one or the most impactful one and answer that each week. And finally, before we get the show started, this episode is sponsored by Sense. So check out those guys at sensehq.com for candidate engagement and automation. And most importantly, I hope you guys enjoy the show. Thank you so much. What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to the You Own the Experience podcast. Today, sitting down with Erica Heisen, one of my favorite people in staffing and now president of Workin. Erica, how are you doing? Hi, good morning. Great to see you, Rob. Great to see you as well. So really quickly, Erica, we were having our pre-call meeting, as always. And usually I save this question to the end, but when you do your elevator pitch about working, we probably have to talk about the future of staffing and what that looks like because COVID is driving it forward. So Erica, if you don't mind, jump on in and, and give your two-minute elevator pitch about yourself and your background, and then let us know what's going on with working via COVID. Yeah, thanks, Rob. I really appreciate the opportunity to be featured today on your podcast. Thank you so much. My name is Erica Heisen. As Rob mentioned, I'm the president of Workin. We are an on-demand staffing platform. We focus on the staffing industry. And really, we are all about combining mobile technology and industrial-grade workforce management solutions with a completely robust, customizable mobile platform to help engage today's workforce in real time with real seamless opportunities. And I mentioned all that before I introduce myself because you asked to tell a little bit about what's happening in COVID and what's happening in the industry right now. And I can't tell you enough how much urgency we are hearing from our current customers to accelerate their digital transformation journey and adoption of mobile technology, as well as prospects as they start to think about what could or should have they done faster, wishing they would have had our platform in their hands right now. In this pandemic time, there are certainly peak industries that are experiencing demands such as healthcare, retail, distribution centers, transportation for truck drivers. We're just seeing a lot of impact right now in a time where you know there's lots of talent available that might need to be redeployed or shifted to other industries. And the speed to market is really important, as well as you know from a candidate experience side, the ability to be really flexible and pick up shifts on their terms, which today's buyers are obviously very well informed. So from a timing perspective, very relevant. Got it. So future staffing is always digital transformation, guys, right? That's why the whole podcast exists. But the on-demand and gig and the ability to have your customers almost be able to self-service themselves by finding available candidates, right, Erica, is what you're seeing, it sounds like? 
Yes, absolutely. We have stories where, you know, some of our current clients are exposing what we call a client portal and putting jobs and orders in directly. We also have customers who, and, you know, to finish that story and complete that thought, candidates to be able to be pre-vetted by the staffing firm, preloaded into the system, they're ready to work and picking up shifts and volume within minutes. But also we're seeing where some of our healthcare customers are bringing workforce management solutions to their healthcare clients in a time where just staying organized, helping with shift management, scheduling, as well as resources or backfilling call-offs, managing chaotic schedules right now in very interesting times. So certainly the speed is important, the efficiency and time. We're also seeing other customers really want to take advantage of the ability to centralize some of their recruiting efforts as their recruiters may be shifted to to doing, but the demands of their clients are still there. So it's been interesting to really see customers centralize their ability to recruit from one location on a national scale at a time where they might be paring down some of their recruiting efforts. Yeah, so just enabling more powerful and speedier, timely recruiting through the app, right? Through their own mobile-friendly app or mobile app. Awesome. Don't be shy. Let's hear your story, by the way. So how did Erica... Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. I skipped. I jumped right in. I know you did. Um, I, you were more excited to talk about the business than yourself. And I know. Because I've known you for so long. Well, yeah. So my name is Erica Heisen, and I actually started my career in staffing in 1999. I worked for Etain Group. I started on the desk as a recruiter and wore almost every hat in the organization, minus the CFO, but I am pretty good at math. When I left Etain Group, I was the chief operating officer. And as I had shared with you, Rob, you know, I have always kind of grown up with a passion for creating amazing experiences for my customers. And in that journey, thinking not only about customers being candidates or contractors or clients, the buyers, but also your internal staff, the candidates that you're trying to recruit for your own organization and keep engaged, the talent that work for you and your company, as well as your vendors and pretty much everyone that you come in contact with when you think about sort of the customer experience. I grew up in staffing with a real passion for creating amazing experiences for customers, but also for building economies of scale. I was probably the ninth employee in a very fast-growing staffing firm and helped really bring those growth from a financial growth and revenue growth with customers, candidates, engagement, but as well as internal talent growth. I built our people department and helped get that engine going to support and fuel our growth and have certainly a tremendous amount of respect for some of the biggest companies that do the candidate experience very well. And when I left Etain just about a year and a half ago, I joined Texta as the chief operating officer. I had been a Texas client for about a two and a half years. I was extremely excited and always have been passionate about innovation. I can remember when we went from having Outlook as an ATS at Etain Group to bringing our first ATS on board. So for me, it was a really natural part of my journey to be able to work for on the technology side to support the industry. I recently joined Workin in just January. So I'm about two and a half months in. And there's a real a theme there. I really believe wholeheartedly that the mobile experience is paramount to engaging with customers. And that's, you know, where the future is. You can reach anyone in the world on their mobile phone. And there's an element to keeping it real, keeping it personal, having great connections and human touch points, as well as opportunity to automate and enhance and remove friction from that experience, which is what's led me to some of my passions at work in as we're building our economies of scale. Yeah. And I 
Number one, a lot to kind of digest and unpack there. Number one, obviously joining in January and then dealing with a global pandemic and crisis in March. So I'm glad you've been a COO for a long time because that's probably very helpful and understanding getting through 2008 or you know even 2001, right? Even though you were still at a team group on the desk at that point, I'm assuming, right? Like you've seen what the recruiting economy, you know, the recruiting space goes through in crisis. So definitely great to have some of your experience on top there, I would say. Yes. And I'm really grateful for the leadership at Etain Group, you know, having survived through and been in high growth mode, actually, and not re- declining in our revenues during those two recessions that you mentioned. In 2001, we continued to engage candidates and recruit. We did more proactive recruiting during those times than anyone could remember. As well as in 2008, we continued to hire and build for the future, knowing that we wanted to come out of it that much stronger. And, you know, that's a very difficult thing to do, to have the discipline to continue to build for the future in the midst of crisis. So I'm really grateful for that leadership and that example. Yeah, absolutely. So that's super interesting and, and you know, not an enviable spot, but working has definitely been a, is a great tool. And I think it's a great tool in crisis. So and I know you guys are going to be growing and, and scaling. Second question I had from all that was, how big was the team when you left a year and a half ago? How many employees did you guys grow to or scale to? I think there were about 250 employees and just over 165 million in revenue. Nice. So you went from number nine to helping lead the team of 200 or 50. That's awesome. Okay. Absolutely. And then transitioning completely, the people department, what is that and how did it help you guys scale? I know, I, I know what it is, but can you explain for the listener here what it was and why you guys focused on it and why it was so important to you? Sure. And I think I can kind of frame that with Part of our growth story when you're running around hustling and growing your company exponentially is thinking about going from opportunistic growth to intentional growth. And at early on, it was very much do amazing things for your customers, create those wow experiences, go after it. And as we grew, we really became more intentional. How do we take our best examples of those employees, individuals that are creating exceptional customer experiences? And how do we replicate that? How do we have more people like you, Rob, out there, you know, hugging our customers every day and putting some thought into how to do do that intentionally? And we took a look at our customers and thought about their journeys. And we really looked at it in four buckets. We had sort of our internal customer, as I mentioned, we had candidates and contractors, and we also had our clients and prospects, right? So there are basically four big groups of customers we looked at, and we thought about each one of them and their unique journeys and how were they experiencing their interactions. And we thought about, well, what can we do to be more intentional, not just opportunistic, in our, how we service them? So I think that's sort of step one, looking at your all your customers you serve and thinking about what can we be doing more consistently to remove friction, make it easy to work with us, but also create a little bit of extra sprinkle or that wow factor? Um, you can, you can use Joyce Russell's lines. You can, you can put the cherry yeah, on top. The cherry on top. Yeah. And, you know, I think that Joyce's book does a great job telling lots of stories in the staffing industry about how, you know, she was impacted at a really young age about doing the right thing and creating amazing experiences and how that transformed well for her and staffing. And similarly, her stories resonated with me because at Etain Group, we had our apart values, which shaped our culture, which was empowering our employees to do amazing things and not having to go ask for permission to go do them. And that was huge. So you asked the question about the internal people department. You know, we had really gone through a couple phases of growth. The first was about referrals. You hired people that you knew. We hired friends, we hired family, you know, 80s 
3% of our employees were referrals early on. And then what we realized is to be able to continue to grow and feed the engine, if you will, we needed to continue to hire, constantly be pipelining talent. So I had been an executive leading our recruiting and delivery organization. And I took a little bit of an internal shift or a right turn in my career to focus 100% on our internal talent. So I created a new people department for Utain Group. And we were really focused at the time on talent acquisition, talent development, retention and engagement versus a traditional sort of HR function. We were really, you know, trying to build a plan to constantly bring great people into the organization. Once we have them, how do we help them be wildly successful, which is challenging in staffing. There's not a lot of roles that be had. It's, you know, pretty flat organization. How do you continue to help your employees build great experiences and grow professionally? So that was a big piece of my career. And I'm certainly inspired by those that do it well. So a fun little story I'll share with you. It's a true story. I'm kind of a dork. This was bringing out my inner dork. But one company that I've always admired is Southwest Airlines. When you think about companies that are very consistent on their operations, they fly one plane. They also build and have an amazing culture and they make it really fun. Their stock symbol is love. And I was kind of a student of Southwest. So I actually picked the phone day and called their people department leader. So I reached out to someone I didn't know, took a bold move and reached out and said, hey, would you mind helping me? I really admire your company. I would love to get to know you and learn from you. Can you teach me? And I feel so grateful to this day to Greg Muccio. He's still at Southwest. I took a trip there. I got to tour their headquarters. I got to see their learning center and, you know, made a new friend, certainly, and learning just so much from them, how to build internship programs, how to bring values to life in your company to shape your culture. So that's just one example of being able to shift from opportunistic to intentional. Like, What are some of the best practices from some of the leading companies that we could bring into our company and sort of emulate or try to emulate on a much smaller scale than Southwest Airlines, but certainly one of my favorite. And still to this day, I love Southwest. I love flying Southwest. I like engaging with Southwest on my mobile phone as well as in person. I love that story and definitely one of the best stories I've heard in a while. That's amazing, right? Like if you like the brand, you got to reach out to the people who helped build it and and learn from them. So kudos to you for nerding out. I do not love Southwest, but that is my own. It's not because they're not a great brand and they do really cool things. I just can't really fly them out of Miami. So I have to I have to take what I get, and that's mostly American. Well, airlines. I should also mention that I probably had only flown Southwest one time when I reached out oh, because in Charlotte there was not yet a Southwest you know connection. So yeah, we were American at the time. U.S. Airways it was just as a company, I really admired some of the things that they were doing, and they were able to remain in steady financial growth through a lot of tough times as an airline. Oh yeah, they still are. Well, they still were until this. Probably they were probably crushing it until all the airlines got kind of pounded in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So I think just be intentional about figuring out how else you can go build your business, not just from limiting yourself by what you've always done, but thinking differently outside the box of how can I learn from others? What other ideas do other people have that I can bring into my own organization and kind of bring fresh air to the conference room table, if you will, for taking new ways to innovate. The other thing that we did, you know, shifting from opportunistic to intentional was we started measuring feedback loops. So, you know, we early on probably were one of the first to implement 
clearly rated, which was then Innovero, to really go out and solicit feedback from customers as well as from talent. And then once you ask for feedback, then you have to do something with it, right? So you can't just ask. You have to then be prepared to respond. And, you know, Tang Group was, it still is, you know, best of staffing client, best of staffing talent, Diamond Award winners, just because there's a really great plan and approach to engaging with all those customers, best places to work, et cetera. So, you know, I, I think that just gives a summary of my background. When you think about the staffing industry that I grew up in, it's really been about serving your customers on all different levels and trying to come up with unique ways to create great experiences for them. You know, implementing technology was a huge piece of that. Certainly, that brings me to this point in my journey. I've always felt very strongly that the human touch will always need to be there in staffing. It's such an important piece to the job search. It's such a personal thing, as well as the experience once you work somewhere, you want to feel connected. I think everybody feels that more than ever right now, and they're finding really creative and new ways to connect. But I also believe there's opportunities for friction to be removed. When I was at Etain, I remember like it was yesterday, but it was probably 10 years ago. We were really high touch and we used to bring candidates into the office physically to meet with us, every single candidate before we would ever present them to a client. And that was one of our differentiators back in the early day. And I can remember being in the room leading the discussion with some other leaders about, hey, it might be time to not think that's important anymore. And I remember there were several people that were fighting it way, kind of old school mentality of, no, that's so important. We have to meet candidates. And, you know, when we made the shift and said, okay, well, we can use technology, we can use video interviews, we can use Zoom or Skype to connect with folks. That was a big deal for us, believe it or not. And then now fast forward to today, I was just talking to a customer the other day who said, yeah, my customers would say I'll never hire off of video interview. And now with COVID-19 and impact, it's actually speeding up the process. Go figure. So that's just one example of where there may be resistance to technology and friction internally, even from an adoption perspective. But then once you sort of make that leap, you can realize that you're, we actually realize our customers didn't want to come into the office. We thought we were doing great things for them. They didn't want to come in and meet with our recruiters. They would prefer to be able to hop on a video interview. We were just doing that because we thought it was important. It wasn't, it wasn't really putting their, their interests first. We had just always done it that way. So I think that's you know, just a fun example. I think there's probably a thousand, right, going from paper time cards to mobile punch or onboarding, going physically into the office to meet with your candidates to complete paperwork, to being able to do seamless onboarding electronically. Amazing. These are just different times. Yeah. They used to email at a locum staffing firm, right? You'd have to FedEx or UPS the whole internal packet, get it back, and then fix the hospital privileging packet. (laughs) So, you know, you could see that doesn't happen anymore. And it's unfortunate for FedEx and UPS, but hopefully Amazon will save them or Walmart. I mean, that's some really important storytelling and I really appreciate it. Now is the time to prioritize communication and engagement while keeping your team at maximum productivity and keeping your job orders and pipeline full in the most cost-efficient and agile way. Since is the automated communication and engagement platform chosen by the world's leading staffing firms. It turbocharges recruiting, marketing, and sales teams to dramatically improve time to hire, lower contractor attrition, and increase deployment. You can learn more at sensehq.com. So you kind of hinted at it, the use of technology to remove some of that friction. 
you want to go about, you know, kind of jump into how you thought about it and some of the key purchases you made or things that you found as you were doing that? Obviously, video interviewing right now is a great example, but maybe going back into the, a little bit into the past or as well as anything else besides video interviewing that you see being highly relevant as well now. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I was an IT staffing. I think that's important and relevant. But today, all customers and consumers are more tech savvy than ever before. And all of the candidates that we're looking at are really approaching their experiences and journeys as consumers. And they really expect things in real time. So I think there's sort of what technologies can deliver things right away. So for working as a great example, you know, we are passionate about bringing into the mobile experience different components that can really serve that customer in real time and give them something to do. Even if there's not a job right away for them, if they wanted to search jobs and apply for them as a component of the candidate experience, then we would make that possible. From an onboarding perspective, being able, especially right now, being able to complete a remote I-9 without having to physically go into an office is a really powerful opportunity to incorporate in both a web and a mobile experience. Not everybody can get to a computer, especially in healthcare right now. I think, you know, there's also the ability to want to connect and have a conversation, right? So do they know how to pick up the phone and call you or send you a text if they need a real-time answer? There are other touch points where they don't really need a person to help them. A lot of times candidates want to just know where they are and where they stand in your process. They want to have transparency to know that they have expressed interest in a job and where am I in that process right now? They would like We've heard a lot of feedback from candidates that you know there are some steps in there that feel a little bit clunky or unnecessary. Or, hey, I applied and I don't know what happened. I have not heard back from the recruiter. I know everybody that's in the industry probably understands that one probably more than anything. So if there's opportunities to enhance that customer journey, to be able to provide some touch points that are at the most valued places and Certainly, virtual interviewing is a big piece to be able to do that. But, you know, for the things that are maybe less important, I have to call you about, Rob, like, I, you know, pacement, that's another one. Or how do I quickly provide feedback on how things are going without, you know, it used to always be a check-in, which is fine if they want to take the time to take your call. But they may actually prefer to hit a couple buttons and provide feedback in a survey or an NTS form. So there are types of communication that are highly valued in the real world. And there are other types of communication that they would just prefer to to have an update on. And I think, you know, the real timeness is also important, you know, not just the transparency, but if there's ability to move fast and quickly, I think our candidates in today's world really appreciate that, the urgency and the transparency to kind of combine to be able to let them make flexible decisions for themselves. That's another I don't know if I answered your question. No, that was great. You, I, you didn't directly answer the question, but I think you really, you hit the philosophy behind it, right? So that was perfect. And the philosophy behind it being that real time, like so technology that's going to enable you to do things in real time because the consumers are much more educated, aware, and have that expectation. That's right. And there's great partners out there. I'm not going to point anybody to want anyone. I think, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of about the working platform is that we have a really, we'd like to partner with our customers, you know, tech stack to help integrate whoever our staffing firms really need to and rely on every day. We would like to partner with them to be able to make sure that we can integrate with those other providers, their payroll companies, their onboarding partners, their candidate feedback, you know, whatever that might be to bring that candidate experience for them. Every staffing firm has a unique set of 
technology and tools, and certainly we're there to help if they need assistance on determining that they even need it, right? I've talked to a few clients, believe it or not, that still are using paper for time cards. So, you know, everybody's at a different place in their journey and we're not necessarily looking to tell them exactly what to buy. We're just here to help them on their comprehensive mobile strategy to bring it all together into one place seamlessly so that their candidates can have a great place to engage with them on their mobile phone. Yeah, and I think that goes back to that real-time piece, right? Like, we're, It has to be a mobile experience. It has to be real-time. And I think that it's just what's expected. So not to beat that horse too much. Is there anything that you implemented at Attain Group that helped change or remove friction? Kind of thinking historically for you? Oh my gosh, where do we begin? Yes, I mean, I, 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 I'll date myself. I started in the industry in 99. So where do we start? I, mean, so I remember getting, the first getting job to board. a computer... And then not using the phone and book? We, yeah. I mean, we weren't copying and pasting resumes on a Xerox machine at one point. There's just, you know, certainly having a great applicant tracking system, CRM to help you internally. That's a, that focus is really on the internal recruiters, salespeople, and back office professionals to manage your day-to-day workflow for your internal staff. And then taking the other look, right, to sort of put the lens on of, What are the tools that are going to interact with my customers? What are they seeing and touching? And how do I implement those technologies to make their lives easier? So electronic time cards would be an easy one, right? That was a big shift, though, at the time. It was a big deal for everybody. Uh, Electronic onboarding. I think we were probably one of the first to bring electronic onboarding to our candidates back in the day for automation of job search to be able to tie into recruiters kind of who's applying to what job, when. Although in IT staffing in the last probably decade, there has really been fewer candidates applying to jobs and more of a proactive approach. So how do you go out and have great tools to you know, reach a broad audience? And we brought in TechSess and Heidi Tang Group. That was many years ago now, probably in 2016. We were probably one of the first in the staffing industry to leverage texting technology to reach candidates. And at the time, a few people thought it was too personal, right? Oh, I don't know if I want to send a text to my candidate or my client. No, the candidate really appreciated it, right? So that's just a perspective shift depending on the mentality for your audience. Yeah, and I think something that keeps coming up as a theme, even though that text us one is like listening to your customers about what they're telling you they really want, right? Instead of thinking about what you think they want and being agile enough or having... Or thinking about what, yeah, what makes your life easier may not make your customer's <laughs> life easier. <laughs> no. And like, let's be honest, guys, Erica was not happy with me when I made her jump on a podcast to record with me. And I had to sell her a little bit on this to get her to jump on and talk and try to meet her where she was, right? And that's the idea, right? So like, she's doing a great job, by the way. So good work so far. <laughs> You're telling great stories, which is what I love. And it's all relevant to running, operating, being a, someone who buys technology at a staffing firm. And that's what we're always looking to, to solve. And, you know, you literally had a group that was focused on the people experience at a staffing firm. And that people experience included your internal staff, which is what this podcast is saying. is like, how do you make the people better? But how do you use technology also to make your internal teams better, as well as making the external thing, you know, the external facing pieces better as well. So like, Everything you said is exactly in line with what this podcast is about. So like you were, when I realized what you did at the Attain Group, I was like, I need to talk to you on this and I need you to come and and join the podcast, Erica. So, Yeah, I may have left that part out of my story, Rob. I know we talked about this in our preview, but I don't know if I talked about that. So part of my segue from the people department into leading operations as a chief operating officer, a big piece of how we helped our employees become more productive, which in turn would help them be more engaged and 
obtain them was really thinking about what are the tools that they need that will help them be successful. So technology wasn't like this thing over here. It was a big piece of the comprehensive strategy for how we helped our employees become more productive and then in turn deliver value up the chain to our clients as well as our candidates and contractors, right? Happy employees create happy experiences, you know, your customers. But, you know, being able to help them tell the story. You know, I remember... I'll use text us as an example. I remember building uh, slides for my team to really think about the story. So if we implemented text us three months ago, what's the story? And I wanted to make sure that everyone in the company heard about how that technology was impacting the life of a very successful recruiter who was in turn putting more money in their pocket, right? So we found that our candidates were finding talent one and a half days faster and one more submittal per recruiter per week. So there was data behind the story. We wanted to quantify that and talk about how that's helping ultimately that recruiter do more and be more successful. It wasn't because we were asking people to use the technology because it was helping me. It was helping them build great experiences for their candidates, but it also helped them put more money in their pockets. There's you know, more placements, more deals, everybody's happy. Yeah. So I think that's a big component of how technology really ties to your overall growth strategy as a company and your internal talent strategy. It's not a separate thing. And I think that some of the best companies do that really well. They really think about how do I help my people be very successful? What tools do they need? What's the process? How does the tool support the process that supports the person that then can deliver amazing things for customers. So I don't know if we talked about that. I think that's an important piece to kind of... Well, I think, it, I think it's kind of inherent together. in the fact that you were buying technology, right? Yes, and that's a full-time job. It really is. There's so much cool stuff out there, right? Yeah. Knowing what's going on. Thankfully, I've always had great vendors and partners and friends in the industry to really stay current. Talent Tech Labs is another great organization that stays on top of that for the industry that, you know, that can help you shop. There you go. Love it. They helped me a lot. That's awesome. One of our mutual friends, Lauren Jones, actually was talking about something that you just said in like a very roundabout way, but she's like, you got to get the front line involved in the buying process, like into like to figure out what you need to buy because it directly affects their ability to make money. And then once you have the story, you got to put a little bit of marketing kind of makeup around the story like you did, like, hey, the best person is making more submissions and therefore making more money. And the nice thing about recruiting is that you're selling, everyone's making money. So if the recruiter's making money, it means that there's a candidate or contractor out there who now has a job or who now has a contracting role to make money, right? So it's not like the the best feel-good sale you can get, but we all want to make money because we're salespeople at the end of the day. Let's not sugarcoat that too, right? So that's how you sell adoption because that's the number one problem with technology a lot of the times. It's like the leadership will buy it, then no one uses it. And then leadership is like, it doesn't work. But it's not actually because it doesn't work. It's that you did not know how to sell that technology internally, more than likely. And coming from Bullhorn, Herefish, now Employee Stream, I can tell you, and probably text us, right? Like when you see people not being successful with the tool, it's likely because they don't understand how to sell it and get it adopted internally. Would you agree? Yeah. So Rob, I mean, I think you can have a tech stack and it's not going to work for you. It's only as good as what you can do to implement it. And a big piece of that is about, it kind of resonates with what I was speaking about earlier. At ASA, there was a conference and a talk about digital transformation and what is your organization doing to be prepared for that shift? And the story that the gentleman shared was really, I think it was like about about Target. Like imagine what has to do operationally to provide an omni-channel customer experience, right? You can still go online and order stuff from Target until a few weeks ago, you could still go in the store and walk around and shop. 
And you could go to the curb and pick up your groceries or your stuff at Target, right? So operationally, a lot of things had to happen behind the scenes to be able to put everything in the cart and have it in your car for that curbside pickup. And, you know, that's where a lot of companies start to struggle with implementing technology or thinking through sort of their digital transformation journey. I've had lots of conversations since I've joined working with my customers about how do we help you think through that change management in your organization, remove the fear, help the stories become evangelized bottom up as well as top down. It's really important for leaders and executive champions to really be committed to these investments in technology, to believe in them and also be champions so that you're not just having those recruiters telling the story of how this is changing their life, but also the executives to really talk about the big picture and how this is going to prepare and move their organization into the future, right? I mean, there's a big, big element right now it's resonating with me that, you know, as executives start to think about getting out of the day-to-day weeds of the impact of this pandemic, they're thinking about what is the new normal? What are we going to be doing differently in the future? We never thought we could all be remote, for example, or that candidates would get hired based on interviews, or we could onboard talent remotely. And people are starting to think differently. So it'll be really interesting to see in the next six months, three months, as we kind of come out of this crisis as a country and our nation's leaders of how the new world will look and how technology will really play into that. Definitely something that's been coming up in every conversation, what the new normal is going to be, because it's not going to be business as was. It's going to be the new kind of business as is post everyone working from home. So there's always an opportunity, right? And there's always going to be growth when something happens, whether it's, you know, in this case, it's very unfortunate and sad, but I think we're going to come out of it and we're the, the workforce is going to look a lot different and the, the universe is going to look a lot different for all of us, right? So very exciting. Yeah. Well, Erica, I appreciate it. So thank you so much. How can people find you and what's the preferred method of reach out? If someone's trying to reach out to connect with you so they can get shown around Southwest as a learning center. <laughs> well, I'm not going to promise any tours at Southwest, but I can certainly share some of my journey. I'm happy to. You can email me at Erica, E-R-I-C-K-A, at workin.com. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. My contact information is there. That's probably the easiest. E-R-I-C-K-A hyphen, H-Y-S-O-N. All right. Thank you so much. And it was great chatting with you. And thank you again. Yeah. Thanks so much, Rob. 